The world's newest trillion dollar industry, the internet was created out of computer code. The next will be created out of genetic code. So says Alec Ross, who was senior advisor for innovation to Hillary Clinton for the duration of her term as US Secretary of State. Alec joins me down the line now to discuss. Alec, talk me through the rise of genomics. The world's last trillion dollar industry was created out of computer code. The world's next trillion dollar industry is being created out of genetic code. We're now 15 years past the mapping of the human genome. When we did that the first time, it cost $2.7 billion. As recently as five years ago, mapping a human genome cost about $100,000. Today, it's 1% of that. It's about $1,000. The implications of this are vast, and, and it could add two to three years of life expectancy for us all. I'll point to two things. First, the development of precision medicines. Right now, when you get sick and you get a prescription from your doctor, you get one of one or two different kinds of medicine. And if you're fat, you get one dosage. And if you're skinny, you get another. But there's nothing targeted to your specific genetic makeup. In the future, in as little as four, five, or six years, the medicines you'll get from the pharmacy will be oriented toward your specific chemistry. The second way in which it's going to impact all of our lives is through the very early diagnosis of illnesses. There's something being developed right now called a liquid biopsy, which can identify cancerous cells at 1 100th the size of what can be detected by an MRI. This means, as a practical matter, that when you go on your yearly checkup to your doctor and when you get that blood sample taken, to determine what, what your cholesterol level is. One of the other things that they'll be able to see is if you have the earliest of early, early stage cancers and so that it could be treated really soon as opposed to much of what we find right now in, in stage three or four, which could be a killer. Well, what sort of impact do you foresee this having on healthcare sectors, R&D, and in fact, economies as a whole? It's gonna have a huge impact. I mean, let me say first that I think the short-term beneficiaries of this are going to be the wealthiest individuals and the wealthiest societies. So right now, most of these tests and most of the responses to it are a couple thousand dollars. So a working class chap in Manchester isn't necessarily going to be able to access these things. It's sort of the Mayfair cloud. It's my friends who, who are particularly wealthy. But over time, the access to this kind of these kinds of diagnostic tools and these kinds of precision medicines will grow more mainstream. And it's going to have very significant impacts on our healthcare system, both positive and negative. From the negative standpoint, one thing that it's going to do, if it adds years to our life, is it's going to actually create more dependency on government as people are out of the workforce longer. So it's it's fascinating to look at some of the some of the unintended consequences of this. Now, you said the only way we can compete and succeed in tomorrow's economy is through the creation of very high-value knowledge-based goods. The only way we can create this is through innovation and the early-stage investment. Do you think there's enough investment in R&D to achieve this? I think there is enough in certain places. If you're in Israel, if you're in the United States, even bluntly if you're in Cambridge or East London, there are lots of venture capitalists there. Uh, but I think that a lot of states, a lot of societies are quite risk averse at when it comes to early stage investing. And what that means is that they won't have the headquarters for the industries of the future. If you think about Silicon Valley, for example, 
The reason why Silicon Valley has so dominated the last 20 years of wealth creation is not because everybody there is so much smarter than everybody else in the world. It's that there is a culture and there is a venture capital community there that lends itself to high risk, early, sta early stage investments that then unleash innovation. I think we're at the beginning stages of that in much around the rest of the world, but I would say globally there are just five or six places that do it especially well. I do think though that the UK is catching up.